Hello everyone and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Keeler Johnson. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Last weekend was a big one on the road to the Kentucky Derby. A couple of major prep races were held, including the Lecompte Stakes, Grade 3, at Fairgrounds, mile 70 yards on the dirt. So this was our first look at the Kentucky Derby horses based in Louisiana, which will be taking the Fairgrounds road to the Derby. The Lecompte originally drew a field of 15 starters, however, six scratches reduced it to nine, including the scratch of Dolphus right before the race after he threw his jockey behind the starting gate. Both rider and horse were fine. Dolphus will be running an allowance race at Gulfstream Park uh, later this week, actually. But with all the scratches, Mo Tom ended up as the favorite, just over two to one. And winner of the Street Sense Stakes at Churchill Downs, he'd finished third in a nice effort in the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes behind Aero Force and, of course, More Spirit, who came back to win the Los Alamitos Futurity last year. Was one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. So, very quality race, and Mo Tom coming out of that strong Kentucky Jockey Club stakes was expected to win the LeCompte. He was up against a good field, though. Tom's ready, runner up in the Street Sense stakes behind Mo Tom. Tom's ready was coming off of a nice run in a fairgrounds allowance race, beating just a neck after a wide trip. Tom's ready was expected to run well in the LeCompte. Also in the race was Uncle Walter. Owned by Ken and Sarah Ramsey, coming off of a runner-up effort in an allowance race at Churchill Downs. You also had Destin from Tom Pletcher, Z Royal for D. Wayne Lucas, um, Fish Trap Road, Stakes Placed Runner in, from New York, and Pinnacle Peak, an allowance winner at Fairgrounds. So very nice race, even with all the scratches. As expected, Mo Tom ran very well. He was far back early on, ten and a half lengths off the lead through a half mile, rallied nicely while wide in the home stretch to get up and win going away by two and a quarter lengths. Nice effort, visually impressive, step forward off the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes, very good performance. However, it's worth noting that the pace of the Lacombe stakes was pretty quick. At first glance, you look at the chart, you see fractions 23.64 for the opening quarter, half mile and 47.3. These don't really jump out as a fast pace, but at fairgrounds, these are really solid fractions, especially for a two-turn race. And from a visual perspective, this was a really pretty testing pace. You had Z Royal, kind of a surprising early leader. He was sent right from the start after breaking from post position three, went to the lead, beat Pinnacle Peak to the lead, and I don't think many people expected Pinnacle Peak to be behind Z-Royal early on, and certainly Fishtrap Road, who had shown a lot of speed in New York, he was fourth early on. So this, this was a testing pace, and you have to give some credit to the third place finisher, Uncle Walter, because he was fairly close to that pace early on. It was a nice ride. He was drawn toward the inside, broke from post position two, and he kind of got sucked into this fast pace trying to maintain his position along the rail. And then this ended up, he went, kind of got closer to the pace than I think his connections were probably hoping for. Ended up getting a bit of a wide trip. He made the first run to tackle the leaders. He fought on well in the home stretch. He got passed by Tom's Ready, 
near the top of the stretch. Tom's ready was a length in front of Uncle Walter in the home stretch. Uncle Walter looked like he'd moved too soon. He'd spent his energy chasing the pace. He actually fought on pretty well in the home stretch and was coming back at Tom's ready in the final furlong. Now, of course, both of those Colts were passed by Mo Tom, kind of the last horse to make a move. Um, he swept past the field quite convincingly in the end, but he did, Mo Tom did benefit from the fast pace in the Lecompte. So Tom's ready, who was able to stay a little closer to that pace, you know, he, he ran a nice race to be second, and certainly Uncle Walter might have moved too soon. Coming back in the Risen Star Stakes, we should see Mo Tom, Tom's ready, and Uncle Walter all once again. They were clearly the best three out of the Lecompte. I wouldn't be positive that we'd see the same outcome once again, because Mo Tom he got a nice setup. The fourth quarter went in 26 and 2 fifths seconds, so the leaders were slowing down in front of him and he kind of took advantage. Uncle Walter, he's, he's lightly raced, um, not a lot of experience. This was his first start around two turns, whereas Mo Tom, of course, had that experience in the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes and Tom's ready in his allowance race before the Lecompte. So Uncle Walter might be a little bit better than his third place finish in the Lecompte implies. And I'd be willing to give him another look down the road in the Risen Star Stakes. I wouldn't be shocked if he's able to turn the tables at least on Tom's Ready and possibly on Mo Tom with more experience and a better pace setup, of course. In the Smarty Jones Stakes two days later at Oaklawn Park, the heavy favorite was Taze on Ice. From the barn of Bob Baffert, who's dominated Oakland's Derby preps in recent years, he sends this Colt in off a runner-up effort in the Los Alamitos Futurity. But of course, there were questions about whether he was really better suited to a two-turn race as opposed to sprints. He started his career in sprints, he's a three-time stakes-winning sprinter, and his effort in the Los Alamitos Futurity was good, but he also got a really easy trip that day against a field that wasn't really that tough outside of the winner more spirit. So Tazon Ice actually got beaten to the lead in the Smarty Jones Stakes by Gordy Florida, 21 to 1 shot, coming off a win at Remington Park. <laughs> Tazon Ice got beaten to the lead and actually got hooked up in a pretty solid pace early on. The fractions, again, not really fast on paper, 23.46 for the quarter. 47.81 for the half mile, three quarters, 112 and two. But just looking, watching the race, this was this was a pretty intense battle for the lead. Taze on ice and Gordy Florida were right together. Not more than half a length separating them through the first six furlongs of the race. And there were a few other Colts right in range two discreetness tracking the pace in third. Um, right up close as well, show good fairly close to mix. So th this was a, again, this was an example where the, the pace on paper wasn't that fast, but I think the battle itself was actually a little more intense than the fractions imply. So partly as a result of this pace, Taze on ice, he tired in the home stretch. He wound up finishing sixth, uh, beating eight and a half lengths. In the meantime, discreetness rallied nicely. Came with a good run in the final furlong to get up and win by a neck over Gordy Florida, who really fought on well. He ran a great race to be second. 
Synchrony was up for third. He was far back early on, 10th place after a quarter mile, seven lengths off the pace. And he had a bit of trouble in the home stretch, uh, kind of in tight. Uh, finally, got in the clear, changed leads, um, came on nicely, finished third, beaten two lengths. If I was going to pick a horse coming out of the Smarty Jones Stakes that I think could be a factor in the Derby prep races down the road, that would be Synchrony. I just think he's, he's got a lot of potential. It wasn't the best trip in the Smarty Jones, still ran well, but you have to give a ton of credit to Discreetness in Gordy, Florida. Discreetness, he's a two-time stakes winner now. He showed a lot of grit winning the Remington Springboard Mile back in December. Gordy, Florida, of course, this was his first stakes try, but really, really solid effort. Finished second, so close to winning after that hard trip. Boom, battling Toa's on ice for the lead. Final time of the Smarty Jones Stakes wasn't very fast. Mile 138.05 seconds good for a buyer speed figure of 83 kind of on the slow side for a Kentucky Derby prep race for comparison the Lecompte got an 88 but the final two furlongs were run in fairly a fairly quick time 12.89 for the seventh furlong and 12.73 for the final furlong this was a this is respectable closing fractions for these young three-year-olds a lot of them don't even have two-turn experience yet and this is something I like to see in Derby Contenders. I like to see where they can still finish strongly at the end of a mile, even if they haven't necessarily had a lot of experience at that distance. And keep in mind, this was short home stretch. The race ended at the 16th pole. Not a lot of time for the late runners to really get into gear. And that seventh furlong, 12.89 seconds, even part of that is run on the turn which running on the turn is slower than running on a straightway. So it's a really solid fraction. Um, comes out to final quarter, 25 and a half seconds. It's, it's, not, it's not stellar, but uh, I, I really like that they accelerated the final furlong, 12.73 seconds. That's a solid fraction. And in general, just anything under 13 in a derby prep is pretty nice. For comparison, the Lecompte, like I mentioned earlier, the fourth quarter, when 26 and 2 fifth seconds, that's 13.2 seconds the furlong. They ran the final 70 yards in 4.29 seconds. Not a really fast time. So even though discreteness earns a lower buyer than Motom, 83 to 88, I'm, I'm not sure that I, I'd write off the Smarty Jones stakes field as being too slow to contend in the Derby. We're still three and a half months out from the first Saturday in May. Still got a lot of prep races left. Uh, Oakland Park, in fact, has three more still to be run. Southwest Stakes next month, Rebel Stakes in March, Arkansas Derby in April. So there's a lot of time for these Colts to keep improving, get a little better. And who knows what could happen with a little faster pace. They might still be able to finish well, record faster final times. In any case, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold down the road. I'm really looking forward to the Risen Star and the Southwest Stakes. We should see little deeper fields for both uh, main contenders from the LeCompte and Smarty Jones coming back, plus maybe some shippers. Who knows, we could see Gunrunner, fourth in the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes. He could be back in the Southwest or the Risen Star. And he'd be a good addition to those fields. He's been very impressive so far. Broke his maiden going a mile at Churchill, stretched out, 
won an eight and a half furlong allowance race at Keeneland. One of the most visually impressive and professional performances that I saw last year from a two-year-old. In the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes, he had a little bit of an awkward trip, uh, kind of racing in between horses early on in a sloppy track, uh, moved early to try and tackle more spirit, and actually had the lead at the eighth bowl. Gunrunner had the lead with a furlong to go, tired a bit to finish fourth, but that's behind Arrow Force, More Spirit, and Mo Tom. Three very nice horses. Two of them have come back to win Derby prep races. I'm really curious to see how Gunrunner does returning to a dry track this year. I think we're going to see a lot of improvement, and I think Gunrunner is going to be a name to keep an eye on later this spring. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him in the Kentucky Derby. He's trained by Steve S. Mewson. This could be the colt that finally gives Steve S. Mewson a Kentucky Derby win. There are not any Kentucky Derby prep races coming up this weekend, January 23rd and 24th. However, there is the Pasco Stakes at Tampa Bay Downs for three-year-olds, and it's drawn a pretty nice field. There's formal summation. He was second in the inaugural stakes at Tampa Bay Downs. Um, nice effort. He came from off the pace, just missed winning. Uh, but the cold, I'm really looking forward to seeing in the Pasco Stakes this Saturday is Hand of Power, an impressive maiden winner at Churchill Downs in November. Really looks like a promising colt. He's been training in Florida, training well. This could be the start of a big season for him, I think. And victory on Saturday would probably lead to a start in the Sam F. Davis Stakes and maybe the Tampa Bay Derby down the road where he'll meet up with Arrow Force and we'll get to further see how the some of these horses stack up against the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes runners. Certainly, the Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes is looking like a key race on the Derby Trail right now. Probably, probably the single best Kentucky Derby prep race we've seen so far in terms of quality of the field. So, a lot to look forward to. Pasco Stakes is going to be a good one. And next weekend, after this weekend, January 30th, we got two big Kentucky Derby prep races on the schedule. The Withers Stakes at Aqueduct, where we'll see flexibility. And the Holy Bull Stakes at Gulfstream Park, where we'll see one of the early Derby favorites, Mohay Men, up against Greenpoint Crusader, the Champagne Stakes winner, and Conquest Big E, probably Cherry Wine, an impressive allowance winner for Dale Romans at Gulfstream Park. It's going to be a big day on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And I hope you'll tune in to hear my thoughts in the next episodes of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. Thank you for listening.